変身なななななななななななななななななジェットマン !Hello, you're listening to Carbon Ride with me, episode 122. And I'm here, Skip. With me is Kopasik Senpai. Hey, Senpai, what's up? What's good, man? Early pod for us today. Yeah, a whole lot of schedule changes around here. So I try to make it work, but it's like a light out. It's weird. I actually feel like I could think better <laughs> during, a day, during a day to a night. Less groggy, less、uh, lethargic. So let's get it. Yes, yeah, um, that's probably true, honestly. But <laughs> speaking of which, though,、uh, you just saw the Batman, right? Yeah, I saw it.、Uh, was that last week?、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Have you had a chance to see it yet? Oh, no, I haven't seen it.、Um, we're not really going to movie theaters. Like, I just like, had like, a big schedule change. Like, maybe we'll go see it, but I don't know. If we didn't see Jackass Forever, I'm not sure if we're going to see the Batman in theaters. But Are you a Batman fan? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think so. I'm also like,、uh, my tolerance isn't up for movie theaters. Like, it's like if I was like going to see like a 90 minute movie, it's one thing. But if I'm going to like get like a large cherry Coke and sit through like a two hour, 42 minute movie, that's not going to happen right now. That's not going to work for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is probably the longest movie I've been in in a minute. And. Honestly, for me, it didn't feel like three hours.、Um, so we got there, sat down,、uh, went through some trailers, and then I really enjoyed this Batman a lot.、Um, I know going into it, a lot of people were like, oh, why is Robert Pattinson being Batman? But this is probably off, based off his past performances and movies like Twilight. But、uh, with movies like The Lighthouse,、um, Good Times, and I think it was called High Life. Like, yeah, yeah, super artsy type films. I, I knew that he could tap into、uh, a different element or different,、uh, a different take on Batman that other actors, previous actors, couldn't really tap into. And that's exactly what he did with this one.、Um, Matt Reeves,、uh, the director, really wanted to get down ba- back to, you know, like the basics. This is very, pretty much closest Batman adaptation to、uh, comic book versions of Batman that I'm familiar with. Uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a super heavy comic, Batman comic book guy, but I do appreciate some of the, the,、uh, you know, the runs that I've read. And you know, I'm a huge Batman animated、uh, guy and、uh, Batman animated film guy. So just seeing Bruce Wayne actually be a detective <laughs> instead of just、oh, okay. being like, you know, like this omnipresence that's pretty much lurking over Gotham and kicking the villain's ass、uh, was pretty, pretty fun to, to watch and very refreshing.、Um, A lot of influences for this film was,、uh, I'm not sure if you've seen the movie Seven with、uh, Brad Pitt and Morgan yeah, yeah. Freeman.、Uh, that was a huge, a huge influence over this movie.、Uh, certain comic book runs like Hush,、uh, other comic book runs like Year One. And yeah, man, I really had fun with this. Zoe Kravitz's Catwoman was, was amazing. Really liked her.、Uh, this take on the Riddler, Paul Dano's take on the Riddler, was all time greatness for me. Uh, a lot of people wanted him to make more jokes, be a lot more funny, but I think 
a lot of the jokes would have took us out of the movie because this is more like dark, gritty type feel to it. Kind of wanted you to feel more grounded and more uh, down to earth than very uh, fabricated. You know, like Jim Carrey's take on <laughs> the Riddler is pretty much what most people are familiar with. Uh, but this take on uh, on the Riddler was fun. Uh, Colin Fur- Furrow was unrecommended unrecognizable as a penguin and uh yeah man great time and uh i'm looking forward to seeing if this turns into a trilogy or see what happens after this but i had fun man do you think they'll make more like like was it like left open enough or like was there like a like cliffhanger like ooh, like you found a like item that belongs to the clock king or something <laughs> like something like that yeah they definitely had like it wasn't necessarily end credit it was at the end of the uh at the end of the movie, uh, a cameo was shown on screen, so they're most likely going to make a part two, and I'm pretty sure they're going to try to go for a trilogy based off how much money they made off this thing, but yeah, man, the future looks bright for DC. It's weird to me how, like, uh, with Batman and, like, Sherlock Holmes, like, they become these characters, like a, like, classical, like, Shakespearean character where it's like, oh, like, what's your take, and what's this thing, and, like, different actors, like, <laughs> get their chance to, like, play the character, and, like, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, pretty much every version that we've seen of Batman on the big screen has been <laughs> kind of hard to compare. Uh, it's all about what your preference is. And, um, you know, for me personally, Dark Knight is still my favorite Batman movie of all time. Uh, not necessarily saying that I prefer Christian Bale's take over Robert Pattinson's uh, take of Batman, but it's just uh, what I prefer out of, you know, like an over- overarching storyline. It was pretty fun. No, Christian Bale has like the witch, like the like, he looks like a dude who would try and become Batman. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that's you know? what it is. And a lot of people were struggling with Pattinson's take on Bruce Wayne more than Batman. And and for his take of, of Bruce Wayne, he went for more of, a, you know, someone grieving over their parents' loss, you know, years later. And this is, you know, year two of Batman being Batman. So maybe in future films, he'll be more charismatic as uh, Bruce Wayne. Uh, cause we haven't really seen this, uh, this take of, uh, Bruce Wayne so early in his career as Batman. So, um, seeing him still grieving over his parents' loss and, uh, how he's adapting into becoming, you know, Batman was very interesting. And I just, I just, I just like when, uh, uh, the actor can do Bruce Wayne and Batman flawlessly. Mm, okay. Yeah. Cause like every time you get a Batman, it's almost like they like look at like the three sentence like summary of like batman and pick like three words and they're like okay here's like these three words about batman that like we're gonna focus on like brooding and like sad <laughs> yeah. that kind of stuff you know yeah yeah and you know christian bell's take of batman was like where is he with the like pretty much like ruining his vocal cords talking like that for so long uh robert pattinson didn't really go for that as batman he was more of a, you know uh not really sure of itself as, you know, becoming this presence over Gotham. So it, it was de- definitely refreshing. It's going to make me so sad in like 10 years or whatever when like they finally get like a big enough dump truck of enough money to get like Christian Bale and like a crisis of like evidently Earth's thing and like some <laughs> weird cameo. Yeah, supposedly uh, Keaton's coming back for the Flash uh, movie that's getting pushed back once again. <laughs> that movie. Ha- has been that movie was never a flash movie it was always like a <laughs> weird multiverse thing and it's gotten pushed back like nine times 
Yeah, I heard that uh, it's supposed to be like a cyborg Flash collab, and I guess they d- decided to scrap that. Then it became like a Flashpoint movie, and now I'm like, I guess they're trying to figure out a way to incorporate uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman since it's been doing so well. Pretty sure that's what's going on. They need to take either Michael Keaton or Ben Affleck or like one of the other, other Batmans and just do Batman Beyond. Like, just uh, do it. Oh, yeah, that'd be sick. Like, definitely, like, something, like, totally new. Not really, like, a re-indition of, you know, the Batman that we're familiar with, but bringing some, like, some fresh energy. And I do think that uh, maybe a Batman Beyond live-action series on HBO Max would be pretty dope as well. That's probably what they would do. Like, they get, like, somebody that's like, kind of looks like Michael Keaton or something, and then, like, make it work. I don't know, but, yeah. Um, I would love, like, actual, like, Batman TV show, just like let somebody who's not the biggest actor in the world like be Batman. That sounds fun. Yeah, they tried that with what was that show on Fox? Gotham, but it was like young Bruce Wayne, and I wasn't really yeah. feeling that at all. Like all the characters are like super young, and it was just weird. Uh, I no, watched Pennyworth. Where's that? Pennyworth. I never got into that. I'm joking. I've never watched Pennyworth. Oh, I don't even know what Alfred was doing. I was like, wait, what? When he was a kid or whatever. Oh yeah, I forgot to talk about Alfred. So Alfred. Took me a while to get used to this take on Alfred because he's so young. I'm used to like the fragile version of you know Alfred, like Beast being the butler. But this this take of uh, of of uh, Alfred that Andy Serkis did was more of young, pretty much trying to learn how to be a father on the fly and also ex you know ex military guy. So it was pretty fun, but uh, it was just weird to see like a young version of uh, of of Alfred. Yeah, Alfred and like Aunt May are like rapidly like getting hotter and younger. <laughs> and we'll just go for it. Because the show actually, I'm um not super like keyed into like come writer dudes like uh because like when we we're watching like a lot of stuff like um zero one and save, but like I kind of like intentionally like took a step back so I wouldn't like hear what other people thought or like see spoiler stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I didn't know that there's a uh, new common writer. 10th anniversary movie coming out for Kamen Rider O's, uh, which is, it might be a really good, uh, that might be like a future series uh, that like we'd really like, because it is um, a lot, it's the year right after Kamen Rider Double, it's a lot of the problems that like we've said we have with um, Build or like that series handles very well, like it's all about like, um, it's been compared to like a full metal alchemist kind of thing. Cause like it's themed after like coins and alchemy and there's creatures like their like collectible thing is coins in that one. And like, they're part of like the main villains, like bodies and being. So like, it's constantly like a big struggle and like it matters when they like lose and gain power ups and other pieces and stuff. Okay. So this is a series you've already, uh, you've already finished. Yeah. Uh, 10 years ago now. Okay. Well, yeah, uh it's just a very good show for that kind of thing. Uh but no. Uh, I um wanna watch some more of these like specials of movies for like writer stuff because like I feel like I don't uh super know, but like every like series now is getting like a movie a year after it comes out and then like another one five years and like another one ten years, and I haven't watched like any of them, so I don't know. But um we should talk about uh, what might be our most competitive set of episodes yet, though. <laughs> yeah, I thought, thought so as well. 
Yeah. Uh, so we're looking at um, like both 21 and 22 of uh, Children's Day like Jetman and Murder Bill. So let's start with Jetman. And uh, the first episode is uh, 21 Walking Garbage. And what a self-contained episode. Exactly what I didn't know I wanted. So much fun. Um, like it's all about um, it starts with Akko throwing out her teddy bear that she's loved since she was a kid. And then like uh, it gets turned into like a dimension at the dump is like trash dimension. And what a cool design here. <laughs> yeah, very, uh, very creative. Yeah, lots of pieces everywhere. Like has like a like foot that's like a microwave or something. <laughs> has a name. I forgot if it was even dimension for a while. Yeah, Poo-Tan. Yeah. Because Winnie the Pooh. Halfway through this, I'm like, please, like, don't kind of interrupt this with another dimension. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of was glad that he turned into the dimension. Because this, this, this episode had, like, a Pixar feel to it. You know, Poo-Tan thrown away, brought back to life years later to find his mom, made fun of, convinced to, make, uh, to hate humans, and then brought back to his sisters by love of his mom. Like, definitely, like, a <laughs> strip that could have been in a Pixar movie. Yeah, like, this almost felt a little... Like it also like could have been like its own like little series too. Is like there's that scene where like the two dudes that were like dumping trash come back and like a big like um <laughs> oh yeah crap what's it called like a like scoop like a cat and like just like destroy like Putan's like house to try and kill him. <laughs> uh, but no, um, the plot of Maria because they're like trying to kill the Jetman to become the leader before uh before Semi Maru wakes up. And um, she's very mad that her monster is like uh, not evil enough and not killing the Jetman. And like uh, everyone hates Putan. Like if it was me, I'd be like, oh, this is a cool. This is life. This is real. Yeah. The main thing are like Sandy stinks. <laughs> yeah. And like um, he like makes some guy's car brand new and really awesome. Like he repairs some kid's toy and they're like, oh, you stink germs. Yeah, he's actually trying to be nice. My favorite character here has to be like the guy that like owns or works or lives at the dump who like what he sees Putan is like, oh, this trash is really advanced. It's alive now. And it's like, what are you talking about, sir? Yeah, then uh, who was it? Was it Akko trying to pimp out Putan for like some cash? Yeah. Because <laughs> he eats recycling and that's not good. Like it's supposed to be recycled. But uh, yeah, just he is uh, very nice and everyone hates him and says that he stinks and says that like she stinks. And there's just like a whole bit where he's like upset that people are throwing away new stuff and like why throw away something that still has value. And then he gets turned into a like giant like after that um like crime committed against him and he gets like a like scary face and he is <laughs> his his eye lasers just turn people into like smoking like terminator like skeletons too <laughs> in the end though he can't kill his mama and he like turns back and saves like Akko from some rubble but then, well, you know what happens. He gets killed by Maria. Sacrifices himself for his mom. Yeah, she cries. And then she, like, beats the crap out of Maria, like, one-on-one. Yeah, that was a fun 1v1. 
Yeah. Um, like, I like how, like, you would expect that a lot of characters would, like, feel like they aren't legitimate in, like, a show like this, where it's like, oh, like, you're just, like, the second most important of the, like, two female, like, heroes. So, like, of course, you're not going to, like, win a fight one one But no, she was, like, put in work, you know? Did they, did they ever say, like, why exactly she threw away Putin? Or... <laughs> no. Uh, no, no, I thought I missed something. I'm like, wait, why did why did she throw away Putin ten years ago? But she's throwing him away at the start of the episode, like before school. Yeah, maybe she's getting made fun of or something. I don't know. I feel like I a lot of people I've like met like have been like, oh yeah, like here's my stuffed animal. It's like the on my bed at college, or like oh like you're visiting. Oh yeah, like you saw my bed. I have like my stuffed animal there. Like a lot of people like have that nowadays. I feel like where it's like oh. Here's this beanie baby that I had as a kid, you know, and it's like on my shelf. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure why she threw him out, but we kind of got away from talking about it uh, the last few pods. But um, you know, like deconstructing the, you know, like the the meaning behind the dimensions was this like a a commentary on a uh, pollution in Japan? I think so, because like you have that like the oldest person that we see in this episode is like the old man working at the dump and like he would have seen like japan when it was like super rebuilding from world war ii versus like these like new young kids that are like throwing out perfectly good stuff because i don't know so like it's like a maybe that's it like oh like why would you throw out perfect good things and be so wasteful like don't you appreciate what you have kind of thing yeah that was the line that said at me the most was like they're throwing away new stuff so i'm like oh okay this must be like a commentary of you know like people like just not even trying to donate or trying to give it to like, you know, the needy or something like that. And then I'm not sure if you heard about what's going on in San Francisco, but this is kind of like what's going on in San Francisco or California with the Amazon trucks or trains. Did you hear about that? No, I didn't hear about this. Yeah. So I'll send it to you at the end of the pod, but it's very like, I wouldn't say disturbing, but very like crazy how they're treating uh, robbery, like modern day piratism in uh, California. So these trucks are being, you know, uh, driven through and at certain stops people are like jumping on the trucks and just robbing them and cops are not even interfering they're just letting them slide. like a big ass like trash dump and over the train tracks now so i'm not sure if you heard about that at all but my friend told me this like a few weeks ago and i had no idea but also like all the companies that will like throw out like a ton of food from like a grocery store and like pour bleach on it like even though it's like sealed perfectly good food yeah like, you can oh. like give it to like the needy or you yeah know, homeless shelter or something like that yeah but it's bad for profits eventually somehow but there's so much like weird waste that has that weird excuse where it's like oh we have to destroy all of our jeans before we throw them out because we can't have people wearing jeans from like i think it was like urban outfitters that was like cutting up clothes they were throwing out so people couldn't wear them yeah i guess they would what write it off as a loss or something like that Gotta be some kind of loophole that they're not actually losing money by people not buying it. I mean, like, it's a weird just, it, they can charge for making new stuff if they destroy the old stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. But that's capitalism. Uh, and uh, they hold a vigil at the dump, and then like, there's a to-be-continued as the dudes are dumping more trash, and, like, they run towards them to beat them up or whatever, and that is not at all resolved, it's just like a to-be-continued. It's kind of strange. <laughs> yeah. I thought we were going to get another Putin episode uh, next, the way that one ended. What we do get, though, is uh, episode 22, Exploding Love, and 
Guy is straight up just making love to the saxophone to start his episode. Yo, he was going crazy, <laughs> sweating like he was in like a game seven or something. Like, wow, what a performance. If you're like a mom of like a like Japanese child in 1991, and like this is the first time that like you're seeing Guy, you're like, oh, this is a perfect dude. This is incredible. This guy's great. Uh, but then like, um, Ryu comes to get some milk it is gather of the clan jacket again I was like okay dude yeah he, he orders uh, cold milk without rocks at a bar and then guy calls him out like what are you doing here you don't drink <laughs> yeah which explains the milk order and he's taking shots of whiskey while this is happening from like a flask or whatever like a yeah bottle. these people in this whatever like jazz bar have like whole bottles in front of them I'm like Jesus Christ <laughs> is it like B.O. BYOB or something like oh, I'd never seen that before. This might be the coolest bar. It's a jazz bar with like dudes like show up and do like seven minute solos while they're sweating their asses off and then drink a bunch of whiskey. <laughs> That's music to me. Yeah, man. Um, and then like I just like a lot of like small stuff like oh like semi bar is almost ready. Then like there's this like one scene of like. Kauri's like eating and then she imagines that like Ryu's across from her but also like way across the room uh there was so many red flags from Kyrie in this episode like this bitch is crazy like toxic crazy uh yeah she has some <laughs> concerning things like there's this point where like so I do feel like Ryu did make a mistake when he was like hey Kauri Want to go out? And she's like, yeah, this is great. Like, Here's my girlfriend's grave. But if you're trying to get rid of a chick, like How to Lose a Chicken a week or something like that. I forget the name of the movie. Yeah. But if you're trying to like lose a chick, this is the best way to do it. Shout out to Ryu. Like, I would have never took it this far. But if if you really want a chick to like stop sweating, you just take her to like a gravesite or something like that. Like, And it still didn't work. Here's what I'm saying. <laughs> I disagree because it didn't work and it just upped the ante. Sometimes you got to say no. But I, I, hey, I honestly stop. think it would have worked if no. it wasn't Kyrie. She took it as a challenge. She's like, I'm going to defeat Re. I'm like, wait, what? What'd she say? She says something like, I'm going to rip the memory <laughs> or like dig her memory out of your heart. Here's some Iggy Pop tickets. <laughs> oh, she is wild, bro. She's might be worse than Guy when it comes to like getting turned down and come back even harder guy had some rough episodes before this but like this episode he's very much like the perfect dude he's just like he, he like comes to her and then like holds her when she wants to be held and goes to their swing set and talks to her but then like there's this point where she says like oh like i wish i'd fallen for you and then like she leaves and he's yeah. like yeah you will i was like okay maybe maybe it worked and then nope Ryu tries to play matchmaker and it backfire. Yeah, like he's the worst this episode because he's like, he, like, there's this point where like she's running from him after seeing his girlfriend's grave and like hearing all the memories how much he loves her. And then he's like, but uh, but guy loves you. It's like yeah, he's like dude? get in the car, come back, come back. She's like, no, I walk. Ah, <laughs> uh, and guy is like pissed later too, and they're like at the concert. And then he's like, why would you give me this ticket and like not tell me? Like, and just uh then he teleports to kick guys or or reuse us. <laughs> and then like randomly, like 
Raita gets the middle of the fight too and is mad. Is like, oh yeah, Raita right jumping in was wild. I'm like, wait, what? Like, are you trying to break it up or? Yeah. Like, what a clusterfuck of an episode. And I love how like so much of the tension seems to be like, oh yeah, if we're all working together, we can totally take care of anything they throw at us. But we got stuff to work out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of great. Meanwhile, Kyrie's screaming in the background. It's all her fault, literally. No, stop. <laughs> no, I would have been this on Ryu, honestly. He should have just had some conversations before now, or even just had them now. Yeah. He does have a He's trying big to pull weird stuff off. But um and then like Maria shows up like, I have to kill you before like the new monster's born. Then like Tran and Gray show up and they're all fighting. It's a big like just mosh. Yeah, Jetman versus Viren Part Two. These these scenes always hit. Yeah, and like they're all like great fight scenes of like the generals all seem like strong in weird different ways, but also like the Jetman all seems strong. It's not like they like can only do stuff as a team or like only like Ryu can do stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, um, we're left on a like cliffhanger as Semimaru is about to hatch. Semimaru is born. So do you think this is going to come out as like a giant monster or is it going to like start off like ground level? I think it's going to be a giant monster the whole time, which would be great. Like, like that's a great way to do it. Okay. And like it'll like work too because I feel like we haven't seen their like mechs that much lately. Like maybe like half the time. Mm-hmm. So that'll be fun because it's uh, I hope the like design's <laughs> good for um for like Semi-Mar or like you know, well, but um, I'm very excited for next time for that. But uh, let's talk about what's going on in build this time, though. Cause, yeah, damn, still 21 to build the unstoppable hazard. Uh, we come back where we left off. Um, Seto has transformed into build rabbit tank hazard, super best match, and then he fights for a little bit and he's like, ah, oh, I'm strong, and then he has some brain overload nerve signals and um what do you think of the like scene where he like has that light start swinging as he's like going berserk oh yeah i didn't even know what was like going on at that point but i never thought that all those prior episodes was leading up to moments like these like these made those like episodes you know like just setting up you know the the situation between hokoro and uh togo togo uh to- completely worth it and yeah i never thought that sento killing someone would be so captivating but i was so intrigued by this plot line how about you yeah like the, the form looked cool last time and like it's oh it's a forbidden item and like it's kind of feels like it's been happening a little too much like our past two shows both had that in it but this felt like a different level of that because there was actual consequences and like the way he fought like the weird like standing rider kick to kill the like um blue member of the like crew and like that dog tag and like he is shook like like this is like a there's consequences to this happening and it's major yeah i thought the guy was going to get back up after he got like kicked like that but once he like faded away i'm like oh wow like this this really means a lot more than i thought it would and then when sento came back to his senses and seeing how devastated he was behind it was yeah it was really captivating and seeing how greece handled the whole situation and you know, this this episode is pretty much a uh, a build up to episode twenty two. And also, like, how many times have we heard in like 
different shows and movies. Oh, is this like a forbidden four? Or, oh, this hurts you. Or, oh, this will make you go this. And like nothing happens. It's like, oh, they're in the hospital at the end of the episode. But like, it's fine that they got the power up where if they were defeated, they die. Yeah. But no, this happened. Yeah. For me, like the only form that I've seen like this one would be in zero one. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember a Toro uh, face any consequences like this by killing someone like that. He lost yeah. people, but I don't, I don't remember him actually killing someone like that. No, Metal Cluster was like a really good version of this, but also like that was like a, a different story. That was like, what can you do about like these voices in your head and like come to terms with those people in here? It's just like going berserk and not being able to like control yourself and just he's so messed up after this happens like he's just like spends a week like by himself yeah like there's a large part of this one like they were trying to figure out like how is he going to be able to fight (laughs) you know yeah and then he was begging Grease to like just hit him you know just like punish me show me you're like pissed off or something like that but yeah and like um he goes to the site where he killed him like a like week later and he's like praying and crying and begging and throwing up before he even talks to like Kazumi, though. Mm-hmm. Um, though I did remember, um, Sento did kill Kasumi Ryuga's girlfriend that one time. That was like she wanted to, but yeah. like, it's not his first death. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <clears throat> what do you think of um, when Stock shows up enjoying a nice granola bar and just taunts him and says, let's trade? Yeah, Stock. Stock knows how to make an appearance, and uh, I feel like his his actual stock is about to go back up. This is the first time where he made sense in a yeah, while as yeah. a character. I feel like he's better inside the suit versus actually as a a, a human, which is kind of bad to say. But I just like him being like an enigma in the suit, yeah. and just pops in and out and just trolls everyone about their hazard level. That's when Stock's the best. And like in shows like this, like it's fine to have like a character doing weird stuff and might be the final villain or whatever, but like we have needed an actual villain. So like having like this other stuff going on, like with like the hazard trigger has been like a good way to let him shine instead of like just being the main villain and like the sneaky side villain at the same time. Mm -hmm. But yeah. um, And so Sento has to train in a bunch of new forms and like the strategy is like, in the big proxy fight, if I just am very like um versatile, I won't need to like use the like special powers. And that's cool because like it's like going backwards on our complaint from before about how they all got so many power-ups and they meant nothing. Like having to go backwards and not use them both for like Seto and Ryuga is very cool. And of course, um the last thing I want to say here is um how they're in dialogue with the belt because when the belt says, are you ready? He has trauma flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> like seeing him killing someone. Mm-hmm. That leads to uh, episode 22, Victory of Tears. Um, and yeah, there's a one-on-one fight to end this war because why not? Um, I like seeing all the refugees and like all the people watching across the country. That was very effective. Yeah, yeah. It was like a, a spectacle. It was pretty fun. And I'm not sure if you saw the tweet Elon sent Putin earlier this week. Did you see that? He challenged him no, to one on one combat to end the war for Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, yo, this is probably what it would look like if Putin fought Elon Musk. 
It would not look like this, actually. It I'm would pretty look sure Elon sadder. has some kind of comrader suit somewhere, and Putin probably has the kind of technology. This is probably what it would look like. <laughs> I'm sorry, but Elon Musk cannot like fight his way out of paper bag. Like he like was like burn off. He was born off of apartheid emeralds. He's got nothing. He's got nothing. <laughs> At least Putin was in special forces. That's funny as hell, though. But uh, side note. My fiance was very intrigued by this episode. Like, she doesn't watch a lot of comedy. Like, who do you want to win? I'm like, uh. And all I can say is, Sinto's the main character. So, there. Did you? Did you? No, because like it, like uh, Kazumi felt like a like cool character. Like one plus side of him clearly not being a villain and like a like good guy is he could win this fight and it wouldn't not make sense to the story, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. And I also like like how there's been stuff on the news like oh common writers are like terrorists and all this stuff and like these like little things about like the show's like doing something more with what a common writer is known as too so like having this big fight like had a little more weight to it but um I like the strategy of I'm going to use a bunch of forms and hopefully not need to power up yeah and where the hell were these forms at the whole show like these forms were fire bro I, yeah, I was kind of down on the on the, the 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 forms from the uh f- that we're familiar with, but Seto's forms are so so good, and I hope he keeps using them. I think there was like a UFO version. There yeah, was Tiger like, UFO, yeah, Tiger that UFO. Cool. There's an uh, another really cool one. I forgot to write them down, but I really like the new forms. Having your power up be like a big berserk thing that actually is cool if it forces you to like do different stuff like down below and like that lower form. That's like a very cool way to do it actually. Mm-hmm. At first I was like, Oh, he's, he's getting multiple power ups. He's never going to use these. And there's like 40 more of them, but yeah, I think we were kind of overrun about it. The number of how many more forms there is. We were yeah. like, yo, that's a way too many, but these were actually pretty fun. I take back what I said. I, uh, d- <clears throat> I think they might be doing something that makes it a little bit. Okay. But I'm not going to take back what I said. <laughs> yeah this felt like a very good like naruto fight scene or something where it's like oh like i can't use like nine-tailed fox but here's like all my clones and stuff it felt like like that mm. intercut is like a flashback to the night before where like sento is like telling like ryuga hey you can't control your powers either like it, it's like it gotta be me but also like he has this really great conversation with Mizora, where he basically says, We made Bill together. You have to kill me if I like start to kill people, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was good because like they haven't really had interactions besides like they haven't had interactions that have felt like meaningful. Like you clearly know their dynamic like this. Like she felt like a much bigger character's episode, yeah, especially with the it was her call to kill him or not, yeah. Um, and like uh, when he tries to like use the thing that stock said last time that uh we're not humans anymore we're weapons she calls a bunch of that's bullshit like you're human mm-hmm. you matter your life matters but yeah um in the end though after trying a lot of stuff with different forms though um sento has to become hazard form and he also like is able to switch the best match eyes which is cool and becomes like the like uh hawk gatling form again and like wins the fight uh and ends the war totally forever for real but then he is going berserk and that is when 
Ryuka shows up and I guess he like it's shown that he conquers the S-Clash driver and is able to control it now mm-hmm. and they punch each other normal. Yeah, and knock each other out. And there's like great shot of like the structure that they erected with referees and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Against the like night sky in the wall and it's like, oh, this is like a great like way to show like seed in place here. Uh, Small fighting ch- stage, but it was effective though. Yeah, there's probably was like wondering if they would do like a Dragon Ball, like, oh, like you hit the ground, so you're out or something. Yeah, I assume this would have probably taken place in an arena, but this is fine. And um, there's just through line where we find out that Kazumi actually had all of his memories and his crew knew that. He was just pretending he didn't have his memories for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Spare them. <laughs> but in the end, um, the prime minister of Hikoto was planning a surprise attack, so all of her army was at the Toto at the Toto border. But then Sato was able to invade because their army was gone and take over the, the whole of that country. This is probably the first time that the military taxes were fun. I'm like, oh shit, that was kind of smart. And then I'm like, oh shit, that was kind of dumb. <laughs> so because now it's like a, a, a Saito takeover. And like we like see their leader who's like, okay, he seems like a more interesting character, like more cunning and more of a villain, I guess. Um, and we very briefly see their common rider. And what do you think of them, this new rider? Uh, I liked it. I wasn't even anticipating that Saito would have their own rider too, but I'm looking forward to it. So now we have, you know, Grease, uh, Bill, uh, was it Cross Dragon, and uh, Saito's. Uh, writer so uh, yeah it should be fun yeah and like I think um, this does feel like a setup for like another arc like this but like then I'm wondering what the next next arc is like maybe it's gonna be space or Martians yeah that could still be in play man I'm not giving up <laughs> turns out we are four nations and like the sky is its own nation why not yeah then maybe this whole plot line of uh, Bloodstock trying to get everybody's hazard level will make sense in the end. But, oh, that's why. Yeah, and I think that um, a lot of the stuff that we had issues with, with with Build, I think, they were doing work to try and make them less of issues or like play off of that. And like, I, I think there's still issues, but like, I think this felt like a very good right step for this show where characters and like the like conflicts felt very interesting. Yeah, everything made sense this episode. Even Bloodstock, you know, betraying or quote unquote betraying uh, Hakoto when he's like, "You work for us." He's like, "I work for nobody," and I'm like, "Yeah, he's pretty much pretty much like a a bounty hunter type type deal. He just works for whoever is better for his benefit." So now he's siding with Saito for the time being. Maybe he'll come back to, you know, the good guy siding in. I don't know. Yeah, he could be anything, but I really can't call call anything he's doing. He's probably the most intriguing character we have so far <laughs> i hope that um we see like his actual like crew or something or it's like oh and like here's my secret family my other one or something <laughs> like something that humanizes him yeah like, I, I could see him being all the way evil to the end and i could also see him coming back and being like i had to sacrifice this in order to put down the wall or whatever because i'm pretty sure that's the end goal is to, to get the wall to come down and all nations join together. 
I'm wondering maybe like we find out like oh and I have all of the stuff to to complete Pandora's box and I'm going to open it and I'm going to get my family out like oh my sister or my brother like and like, that's going to be it like oh like my family's in the box or whatever like maybe that's it I don't know that'd be fun uh yeah a very in the near term very positive place for both shows I think this is the first time we've been like close to them for a minute yeah Jetman has been taking the lead every pot but this one's pretty close Let's talk on that then. Uh, what were um, who were your uh, top three characters this time? Top three characters. Oof, I forgot to write these down. But off the top of the dome, uh, three would go to Greece. Okay. Two would be. <laughs> damn, this is tough. Off the dome. Uh, mm, yeah. Who would I give two to? I would say Saito or Sinto. I think he had a. I think he had a good two episode run, just overcoming, you know, hazard, and you know, dealing with, you know, taking someone's life. I liked his performances, and then one would be Putin. Ooh, okay. How about you? Oh, uh, I'm gonna go uh, Putin. I'm gonna go Sento, and then number one, I'm gonna go for Guy, because Guy felt like he was his purest self yeah, this episode. I was sleeping on Guy. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's cool. We both have Saito and uh top three that hasn't yeah, happened no. in a while <laughs> like <laughs> which is crazy turns out when you make a person who has a very tenuous sense of identity lose control of themselves that's good character work and like plot you know unless you're talking about saber <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> hey you know because that happened a lot in saber ah uh, there's a kid in this book i'd have to make friends with him <laughs> We should watch the like Saber like post like post series movie because I think like it's about like one of them has a girlfriend who's dying or something. It's I wouldn't mind watching it honestly. Like even though I make fun of it, I I, I wouldn't mind watching the movie. Yeah, watch the uh, trio of of like Deep Sin. Sometimes that's what it's called. Is it already out? I think so. Okay. Yeah, we'll find time for that. But uh, what was your favorite effect this time? Favorite effect. Um, I like I like Putin, you know, giving back to his community, helping out the citizens of wherever this takes place. <laughs> uh I give it to Putin's abilities. What about you? Me too, but in the opposite. When he's making those like like smoking skeletons out of people just in the violators. <laughs> <laughs> like Dark Seed, that's great. That's funny. Yeah, I was gonna say pra- practical effect to to the uh Grease and uh, build fight, but that wasn't practical. That was a lot of CG involved, but I did appreciate their fight scenes. Yeah, those were great. Um, what was your favorite outfit this time? Outfit? Um, I don't have one off top of the dome, but I know Guy wears this a lot. Never gave it a chance to shine. So, uh, the the fit he had on when he was playing the sax, brown blazer with the Hawaiian shirt under. He just has that like uh. I always think of um that interview where Donald Glover was like, hey, when I got cast as Lando Calrissian, my mom was like, don't ruin this for me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of guy. Just like, let's move that kind of <laughs> classic. <laughs> I'd go there too. Still no real heat from the uh, build side for the outfits. Maybe someday. 
Yeah, it's always just like just the same sh- stuff they wear in a different undershirt. So, yeah, no, they don't have the same more characters fits. for that. Yeah, more fits and better looking villains. No, yeah, totally. But uh, for next time, we have uh, twenty three and twenty four of both series, which seem like pretty big episodes because like we're seeing some new villains, some new stuff going on. Uh so I guess uh. Where people find you when you're uh, not talking about Tokusatsu? Uh, pretty much any social media platform: uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube. Kobusei Senpai. How about you, Kip? Awesome. So I can be found uh, on Twitter.com at James Forge. You can find the podcast at Coming Out to Me on Twitter and and Instagram. Uh, there's Coming for posts about the show and articles. There is Coming slash episodes for direct links to different platforms. Slash merch for our merch with proceeds going to uh, the uh, Ukrainian Red Cross currently. And uh, yeah, so uh, please uh, rate and view on Apple Podcasts and uh, sending questions to podcast at comrepy.com. But uh, for right now, um, what we learned this time? Or like, what should we leave him with this time? Uh, let's leave him with uh, this is probably the first time that, uh, you know. Jetman and Bill were on the same playing field, so yeah, patience is paying off. Yeah, and also sometimes you just gotta make love to that saxophone <laughs> and order some cold milk, no no rocks, <laughs> and enjoy your times. <laughs>